0: NRL Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Just as we promised, the NRL off-season is not even an off-season anymore. We're full tilt rugby league. The Facebook feeds are full of league news and rumors and all the things we love. I've got Nom with me, mate. Nom, how are you?
1: Yeah, mate, good, mate. Uh, yeah, just just come off the whole Milford and um the whole uh, signing news of uh, the cheese. So, uh, yeah, plenty to talk about today,
0: mate. It's uh this is what we're gonna dedicate this episode to. Uh, so far we've done this is the third off season. The first one just dipping our toes. You and me, in a couple of off season storylines. Me and Chris came in the other day with a with a Dolphins preview of our, uh, you know, recommended 30 of what we think could happen. Some of that's been blown out of the water already, and I'm here to talk to you about the signings. I, you know, on a run sheet, I had 23 things I wanted to discuss today. I've narrowed it down to 11. So let's get right into it, mate. You mentioned off the start, the one that just broke today, Anthony Milford's contract will not be registered via the NRL or the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So Milford's career is in jeopardy. Just to put the details out there, all allegations at this stage, two charges of alleged violence against women the NRL will not consider an application for registration until the court proceedings are complete. So essentially, he's on the stand-down policy now. He was already on shaky grounds, coming out of Brisbane, got thrown the lifeline by the Rabbits. Mm. Pretty sad to see, but this might be the last uh, of we've seen of Anthony Milford for quite a while in the NRL, if not forever. Yeah,
1: I mean, look, I guess with these court things, we we know how they go. They can drag out for years. Milfs, he's got... He's not the young bloke he used to be anymore, but I think he's like mid-20s. Yeah, bring check, it
0: up but... now, but Milf is definitely, he's one of those guys that's been around the league for a lot longer than you think. He's 27, so he's already, you know, yeah. hitting that late 20s. And, you know, we were talking about off off Mike. it's a pretty, you know, he was about to drop into a very nice situation there at the Rabbits, mm. you know. It looks like Taff is going to partner Cody Walker to start the season, but, you know, that Benji spot, or, you know, if Cody's on origin duty, Milford had a pretty nice role there. And all of a sudden now, not only has he found out that he's not going to have a contract for next season, potentially now the rabbits who, you know, that was a very early signing in the off season. Now they've got a little bit of depth in their halves to worry about.
1: Mm, that's right. Maybe an SOS call for Benji from those subway ads. You never know.
0: Mate, it's, it's on a, It's one of those things where, oh, from a super coach perspective, selfishly, I was kind of thinking about Milford like, <laughs> and slot into that rabbits team, you know, 2015 value pick. Yeah, 2015 milf was not coming back but he's still a great player and you know in the right system but yeah you know we, we can't really go into the, the allegations as they are just that at the moment but from from a strictly nrl off field you know obviously a lot of talent when he was at the raiders you know he had that one great season with the broncos never really kicked on um it's a bit of a shame but we'll move on because there's not much to talk about here let's get into the 10 biggest signings and re-signings nom so we'll start I've kind of prioritized them in how I think important they are. So we'll go from the bottom of the list and we'll work our way up. So the first one is Isaiah probably to the Tigers. So this one here, uh, it's you know, Parramatta fans, you know, like myself, a lot of conjecture about losing IPAP. You know, six hundred and fifty thousand is the reported figure. He was on a contract year. He had he was on a real cheap contract last year. Played exceptionally well. Don't get me wrong. He's about best forward by far, but. You can't help. I think this is an overpay by the Tigers and could come back to backfire like we've seen many Tiger deals do.
1: Yeah, look, potentially. I mean, uh, you know, he had a blind over season last year and I'm not sure, you know, what he was up, I guess what he was looking for to stay at Parramatta, but 650. I mean, look, if he can bring that form in, like, you know, be that damaging edge rower, you know, he was a super coach gun. If he can continue that form, great. But, you know, he's still got a year left in power. It would be interesting to see how power use him, if at all. I mean, will he keep that edge or do you reckon they'll move him to the front row spot?
0: Yeah, he's one of those really rare talents that can play on an edge and work his way into the middle rotation and not lose a beat. He can be really dominant in both. Personally, I think Parra have to now think of an edge option past Papali. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong. Their best chance of winning is having him on the edge and whether he moves into the middle rotation is an injury to Campbell Gillard or Paulo. Um, He's going to be a very integral part of this team. But again, it's going to be, you've got to, you've got to start looking towards the future now, because especially near core is also gone. So they're starting to look a little bit thin in their forward pack where they have been pretty powerful over the last couple of years. So it was an interesting one as a Parramatta fan. There's obviously a much bigger one we'll talk about in a, in a second, but um, yeah, pretty, pretty sad. You know, we we took a risk on him. You know, he he was, you know, not really well-known and, you know, rated at the Warriors. He came over. An absolute blind over season. Hopefully, this is the, the new iPad, and this is what we get every year. Because, like you said, super coach gun, he got all the recognition that he deserved, and an absolute, you know, one of those most improved players that you know just has gone into the upper echelon, which we want to see most players get into. So that was what that was number one. Now let's get into the second one. Christian Welch resigns with the storm. I think this was pretty surprising. I thought he was gonna go to the Dolphins, but you know, that, that Storm culture. They've lost quite a few players this offseason, but they've got a really good one there. Christian Welch is one of the better forwards on his day.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he's got a huge motor on him. And, uh, yeah, his, his offloads. I mean, he was up there in the top of the league with his offloads last season.
0: So, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's obviously got the concussion war. He's had a couple of concussions now. But he's one of those guys, when he's in the lineup, he's going to give you that 50 to 55 minutes. Tackles really, really well. Never missed, never really. When you're looking at a, a try replay from the storm, he's the one leaking the try. You know, mm-hmm. he's always got that go forward. like you said, that offload is a real, you know, integral part of the Melbourne go forward. I think it's just, it was a no brainer from Melbourne to try and retain him. They've obviously had a lot of money come off their cap. But yeah, you know, another off field incident, Kamakamika has been stood down. So they could be potentially again, lie in the force. This is just a bit of stability now for the storm. You know, he's in the leadership group, lock him in. He's one of those players that your your team is better when you have a Christian Welch on your team. There's no doubt about it. So I think uh, it's a really good sign. But I guess quickly on the on the Dolphins side, were you surprised he did not sign for the Dolphins? And as you, as we're starting to see here, you know, there's a couple of names that we thought would be on that Dolphins bandwagon that they're starting to dry up a little bit.
1: Yeah, you'd think you know, with him being a Queensland, or he'd jump at the opportunity to go back up north uh be with his family and friends, but uh, yeah, I mean, who can blame him for staying at the Storm? Though I mean, it's a great system down there, and uh, yeah, they can definitely build around him.
0: Hundred percent. The third one, Nom. I've got Tino stays a Titan. So a huge new deal for Tino. Um, you know, he, he was obviously a Melbourne Storm product. He came up to the Titans, had a really, I thought, underrated season last year. There was a lot of knocks on Tino. Everyone thought he wasn't to come out and be, you know. I don't know what the expectations were that they thought he was just going to be like game wrecking every twenty six rounds. He had a re- he got through a lot of work. Again, one of those guys that can you know they put him on the edge a couple of times. Found his footing in the middle third. He, it's, it's a really nice uh, stepping stone, a cornerstone for the for the Titans there because again another guy that was on the Dolphins radar, but he's locked up well into twenty twenty five now.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, know, yeah, since he's been up there, they speak so highly of him. He's uh, you know, not only he's off his on field stuff, but yeah, he's been doing a lot of um, off field stuff up there as well. So uh, yeah, great news that they can um I guess yes, yeah, lock him in for the long term and the extension.
0: Yeah, and it's it's an interesting time for the Titans, right? They're gonna try and play Jaden Campbell, a fullback AJ at Five Eight. They've obviously got Sexton, they've got a couple of guys in the in their halves and their spine that's really young, but They have really bolstered that forward pack. You know, you kind of think of the names we were playing last year in Supercoach. It's your Ford Awakers. It's your Tinos. It's your Fafitas. These are the guys that consistently get to go forward. So if you can lock in and have, you know, if you look at the cornerstones now that they've locked up until 2025, it's Dave Fafita. It's AJ Brimson. It's Tino. To me, that's if you're having three guys to start your team, it's a very nice starting point. And again, another guy that I, I was thinking that he, you know, he went up to the Titans. You can see they're growing something, but at the chance to go and play for Wayne and the Dolphins, obviously Justin Holbrook's building something nice at the Titans for him to want him to stay there and and play on. Mm. Um,
1: Yeah, it's interesting that uh, they're a bit shallow in the half, so they let go of uh, Fogarty. So now they've got AJ and um, Sexton, the uh, teenager in the half. So interesting to see what happens next season.
0: 100%. Number four, I've got our first new signing. It's uh, Luciano Leilua to the Cowboys. So, obviously, uh, this has probably been, out of all the signings, this is probably the most contentious one, I would say. A lot of people loving it for the Cowboys. A lot of people hating it for the Cowboys. Some Tiger fans saying good riddance. Obviously, the news of IPAP going to the Tigers kind of showed their hand. Mm. From Tigers, obviously, Sean Bloor, the young star, looks like he's got that other edge spot there. You've got guys like Oiticamanu up front. You've got Toile, who's re-signed. There's a lot of forwards there. So Luciano, who's had a really, you know... If you thought of Luciano three years ago as a bench player on the Dragons to where he would be commanding 700000 in free agency, um, it just shows what he's done in his game. He's really improved his fitness. You know, he's got some of the silly mistakes out of his out of his game. And he's just a... He's one of those damaging edge weapons. And, you know, for the Cowboys, we've spoken about it a couple of times and we will in the previews, they are talent poor right now. There are... There is not many... Players you would pick in the best seventeen of many teams that would feature cowboys, and Luciano brings something to this team that they didn't have last year—some strike. So I don't mind it. How do how do you find the signing? Did
1: I hear that right? Seven hundred thousand for Luch. It's
0: a, it's, a, it's a big it's a big paycheck for Luch.
1: <sighs> Jeez, I mean, well done to Luch. Um, look, he was probably <laughs> he was probably the I guess the, the X factor for the Tigers. Um, 700,000. I mean, that, that's a great payday for him. I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone would not take it if uh, you were in his situation.
0: Yeah. It, it, you, I guess the teams at the, at the bottom of the table that need to climb up, they're going to have to pay overs, right? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. You
0: know, at, at the end of the day, w- whether you're on 100,000, 500,000, or a mil, if you perform and you can add the team to some and you can bring something to the team that they didn't have, it's obviously valuable. And obviously, the Cowboys are looking at guys like, Chad Townsend, they're looking at Luciano Lolard they're looking at Val homes big big money 700,000 700,000 100,000 mm. but they're hoping that they can spark something because since JT's second last season it's been flat so they need something here and you know it's it's a it's a very big swing because I think and to me it's a it's a sign that Todd Payton knows that he needs something yeah. because that was not the season Todd Payton thought he was going to walk into the Cowboys team you know he had a lot more success with that Warriors team that you know scratched and clawed away from home um so it's gonna be interesting Luciano again like you said well done that's a payday (laughs) and you know the Tigers paid paid you well the Cowboys gonna pay you well he's still pretty young he can get a couple more so well Mm -hmm. done him but let's get on to the next one it's another re-signing happened yesterday confirmed Joy Manu re-signing with the Roosters shocking um reports that the Warriors were offering up of upwards of 200,000 extra on the contract. He stayed loyal. You know, he, there was talk, he wanted a spine spot uh, obviously at the Roosters with James Cadesco. Um, You're not getting that. So he's obviously chosen to take the pay cut, stay in the centers, be one of the best centers in the comp, but what a situation for him to be in and be, you know, the sixth most important guy on the team versus the most important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, admittedly, very, uh, yeah, surprising that he, you know he, he, uh, he had this, such of a lure from um you know New Zealand, but for him to stay, um, look, the Roosters they always get the players they want, and they always, you know they they never pay overs for their players, and um, yeah, it's just a sign of the system.
0: It really does show you that Latrell was the outlier a couple of years ago, because every other Roosters guy has kind of resigned, and you could look at a guy like Isaac Liu this season who left for the Titans, but he had a long, long stint and he was, you know, on the bench coming out lock coming out of prop, whatever they needed, but he finally got that paid at the end of his career at the Titans. Joey Manu, like we said, could have gone and you know, if, there, if the reported numbers are anything what they are, could mean up, upwards of 800,000 at the Warriors. He's obviously rejected it. He stayed at the Roosters. He's going to fill in for Tedesco when he's at origin duty and test duty or he's injured. You know, he can potentially fill in at the six. He's done that a couple of times now. He's just such a versatile player and the rich get richer. You know they've got one more signing, potential signing we'll talk about at the end. But Joey Maru is one of those guys in the offseason I was really monitoring to go. That's a if the Warriors get him, that's a game changer. If they can partner Reese Walsh and Joey Marnu in the same team, all of a sudden that's attack. But you know the the Roosters did well here. You know they outside backs has been a little bit of a hole for them the last couple of years. The Morris boys. Covering up and masking up, but you know, they've got to really rebuild that. And having Joy Martin as the cornerstone in your centers and wing spots is nice to have, so really nice signing there. We'll go on to number six, and it's uh, my boy King Gutho staying at the Eels, another one where it was a lot of contention. Uh, I knew some Parramatta fans that were not happy with some of the numbers that Gutho was trying to command. Uh, By the end of the day, the king stays, the captain stays. You need if you were Parramatta, you needed to do this. You did it. Yeah, and I think it's a great decision.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I guess all the conjecture and all the news going on, going on about him resigning, but uh, yeah, good. I guess as a Parramatta fan, I'm sure you are relieved that it's finally over.
0: It's one of those things where, and I think every fan of a team has this feeling. He's not the best player. He's not the most. Gifted, he's not the most talented player. But he's the most important player, and I think that need you need have a, you, that needs to mean something, you know. To me personally, I think Junior Paulo is our best player. I think Ryan Madison on his day is a is a better player. But Gutho being there every week, the consistency his shows, all that stuff, it, it you need that that adds up somewhere, you know. You know, people who are Parramatta turned into one of these teams that it, they're very easy to take a shot at Parramatta and all the jokes and stuff, you know. Gutho in the center is getting torn up in origin. You know, Gutho's, Gutho's useless. You know, someone like Dave in our social group trying to say that Gutho is the 11th best fullback in the comp. There's always going to be <laughs> the, the, the Parramatta haters. But to me, Gutho is just one of those guys. You, you put him in your number one jersey. You know what you're getting. He's not going to lose your game. And you just, just had to do it, especially with someone like, you know, Neo Corey going, IPAP going, the guy we'll talk about in a second going. You needed to have some stability, and to me, if you have in the resigning world that Paramount has done, RCG, Mitch Moses, and now Clint, you've got some, you've got some stability there in oh, some yes, key fine. positions. So yeah. it's all about now maintaining, and I think yeah, Gutho. <laughs> to me, he's 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 you know the king Gutho. A lot of people hate the nickname and stuff, but he's he's actually underrated for what he does, and yeah. you know I'm ha- very happy that he's he signed on.
1: It's funny you mentioned, I guess, you know, in the sightings of those some spine players. And then I guess we can move on to uh the other swine player you lost.
0: Yeah, let's move on to the next one. It's 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 uh I'll talk about it in a second. I want to get your views first. So it's remote to the dogs uh from <laughs> yeah, 2023. Shocked. I I, I was shocked. Uh, I thought of anything he was going, he was going to the Dolphins. Uh let's get your take first because I I've got a couple of things I want to get off my chest as a Parramatta fan here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's a big coup for the dogs. I mean, you know, one of your biggest rivals to actually take, you know, such a key player, Reed Money. Everyone, I mean, from the outside, he looked like he was on the way up, and for power to let him go, I think there's a lot of us sort of scratching our heads. I mean, what, what's it like from a power perspective? Okay.
0: So I, I've gone through the seven stages of grief um, <laughs> in the first couple of hours. So, first of all, it, it hurts more that he's going to the dogs.
1: Exactly. If he's
0: going to leave, okay, you got to leave. But he's going to the dogs, that it hurts. Mm. Uh, you look at the pay, six fifty. Okay, I'll come, to, I'll come back to that in a second. 650000 650, for a good hooker in 2022. Go, go, the going rate, don't get me wrong. But he, here's where I have the issue. Here's the issue with NRL media... With uh, fans that hate Parramatta, there was a stage there for a good 24 hours where it act, people were acting like Parramatta lost Cam Smith in his prime. I love Reed Marnie, I've been a Reed Marnie fan, I still am. I, I, I want him on my team versus not on the team, but let's just get some facts straight. How many grand finals did we make with Reed Marnie? Zero. Has Reed Marnie shown that he can play 25? Rounds and then deep in our finals, uh, campaigned once. No. What's the realistically if the rumours are now true where Reese Robson, Jacob Little, or Apicorosau is available for Paramount to sign? What's the drop off between Ra- Reed Money and those three players? If I'm paying Reed Money six hundred fifty thousand, and I'm paying a Jacob Little three fifty or Reese Robson four hundred, that that's where I was getting a bit annoyed with the NRL community as a whole. And I know obviously again, haha Pamela lost a player funny, funny with this off season. But to me, just the, the way that we, you know, Harry grants the same, um, you know, Reed money in this case, we're very, very quick to anoint these players as all time greats. And when they leave a club, it's the worst thing that set the club back 10 years to me. I, that's, that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sad to see him go, but again, I think it was way overblown with the way that it was being covered because, to me, you know, if we if we needed to lose Gutho or Marnie, I would have preferred to lose Marnie, and that's and that's a guy who's been support a uh, uh, Reed Marnie supporter. So, what's your what's your reaction to what I just saying Because that that was a long winded Parramatta fan. who went through <laughs> the seven stages, but I've now come to terms with. Good on him for getting the paycheck. Parramatta will be okay. Parramatta has not their per, their premiership window has not been lost. By losing read
1: Money, I think it's all about very valid points. And um, look, I can see what you're coming from. Uh, I can see that you know you've already got the reciting of, I guess, Moses. Your half back, you got your full back in captain. You got your forward in uh, RCG. So it sounds like you know, yeah, yeah. Your I guess para are still in a good place. And I guess you know, from losing Reid Money, I mean yes, it's a loss, but um, there's plenty of other. So if you lost what Reid Money and someone else that you've lost Neocora, yeah looking at the grand scheme of things, I think you know you, you can buy um, repl- replacements for all those which um, yeah will leave you in a better place
0: yeah and again if, if we were literally one piece away from winning the comp which I don't think we are I'm, <laughs> I might be more outraged but again yeah. I just it, it was honestly like two thousand and eleven Kim Smith walked out of a time machine put on a parameter jersey and left that that's the way people were reacting and that's why I, I just had to pump the brakes on some of our mates in particular because they were just ropeable about this and i just had to reel them in a little bit as a parameter fan and you know give them a the little bit of a bit of a sit down and calm down we're going to be okay but let's move on <laughs> that's enough about reed let's get on to the first signing from the dolphins so it's uh Felice Cafusi signed as the, the face. I guess you would have to call it the face, he's the only player on the roster right now. <laughs> Look, again, another pretty contentious one. A lot of people saying signing 31-year-old Felice Cafusi for three years. What are they thinking? Yeah. You have, to, you have to start somewhere. You can't have all 21-year-old guns. He's a representative player, still has something to offer. I think it was a good signing.
1: Um well, uh, you, you probably know my, my views of Felice I You know, as a, as a New South Welshman, I I, I think he's a grub. But, um, okay, he he's, he provides an experience. I'm sure, you know, um, the forward pack uh, can leverage off that experience.
0: Yeah, he's one of those players that's going to be able to do it. Like, because there's going to be some young players in this Dolphins team and Felice is going to be able to leave from the front. He's come from that storm yeah. culture. He knows what it takes to win, you know. In, in the first couple of rounds when they're still trying to work out their feet, you know, something effective, a short ball to Felice Confuci. Confuci yeah. taking a hit up. Confuci protecting the halfback and taking the tackles. That's all going to be valuable. And, you know, Wayne Bennett, you know, he loves his veterans, loves his veterans in his team. And Felice <laughs> just, uh, is just one that can really, you know, steady a ship and be the on-field coach. So I think, you know, people were expecting Munster, Cheese, Marnie to be the first signing didn't surprise me at all that this is the first top of signing. It's it's the exact type of player that I thought they would really target. Get a veteran in there first, start building a roster, and then if you can bring in your young and flashy players, but get the, but get the core of your team in, and Felice Confuci in a leadership capacity can be that for you. Alright, let's get on to the second last one here, Nom. Billy really Army kick out of the dogs. So this was uh, a little while ago now, about a week or two ago, but Obviously, the rumors came out. Three-year deal from twenty-three, eight hundred thousand a year. So it's the biggest deal on this list. Very big deal for a second rower who, let's face yeah. it, not the most consistent player, just but he, yeah. he's a game. He's a game record, no doubt about it. Not very, you know, not twenty-six rounds worth of it. But I guess let's start with the photo. So the, the leaked <laughs> photo of Kikau in the in the in the dog's polo, just before the day before the Panthers parade. I loved uh Jerome Luai on the on the team parade bus going go doggies to kick out on the on his TikTok. <laughs> like, okay, let, let's let's take this, let's take this in stage because this this needs to be broken down. This whole kick out of the dogs. Let's start with a photo. Foul that, okay. Is it okay that if he's signing for 2023, even though he's contracted for the Panthers, what's wrong with a photo op in a Bulldogs polo for the Bulldogs to announce it? hey this is the guy, this guy's coming here is is that even wrong because to me i don't see it but everyone got outraged because of it
1: yeah look i'm i'm not sure what the formality is around this sort of stuff i mean when are the photos supposed to be released and if not you know why, why not announce before? on
0: the day you some the paperwork that makes sense to uh, me i don't know
1: but um i guess you know as a pandas fan i guess you'd be like ah, oh, you know let him go now he, he's not going to be committed but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I think this is a great move for the Panthers. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they obviously weren't going to pay overs for, for um, Kikau. Um, as, you know, if you look at his super coach scores, I know super coach isn't B or N or, but, you know, he's very rocks and diamond. He'll either you know, score two tries, have a field day, or he'll get, you know, like 40, 50 meds and then do absolutely shit all. So, um, yeah, I think this is a great move by the Panthers.
0: Yeah, if you looked at this because the, the bill was going to come due for the Panthers. They couldn't keep all their youngsters on the squad. And if you had to make a short list of players of who would be the first ones to go, Kikau was on that list. You know, you're thinking of your Kikau's, your Dylan Edwards, your um Sows. out on 800000 Man, that's marquee money. That is That is top three player at my club money. It's a Oh, this this Bulldogs team on paper looks fantastic. But I'm telling you now, and I'm happy to be proven wrong, let's mark this date down, the 30th of November. We'll come back to this episode if we need to. I can't wait to bet against the Bulldogs this year and next year. I cannot wait for them to be favourites in all these games. And I'm betting the line on whoever they're versing. Because to me, this doesn't this just look like a team that just you know, you just go through it. Out of a car, out of a bulldog system, out of a storm system. Dufty, uncertain of his future. Burton, first time carrying a team. Naden, first time in a while being in a first-grade team. Paul Vaughan, after the barbecue. Tavita beat how many times do we stay on the field? Kikau, how many games will we, you know, score the two tries or miss the 10 tackles? This just, to me, is the... You talk about rocks and diamonds. This is the ultimate rocks. I can't remember... You know, I've been watching NRL since 2001 and I've watched back. I can't remember a team on paper where it's just this stacked on paper of potential, but the the floor is so... There's such a low floor on this team. I could really see this cratering. And again, I just don't know whether my my opinion on some of the players on this team and some of the situations they're coming from, but out was just the most... When you think about this team and Trent Barrett coaching for his career in the first six games next year, and Gus Gould coming to be the the lead negotiator, it just to me it was what what could have topped the put the cherry on top of this cake for this Bulldogs team that I just don't trust and want to bet against all the time. You know what? Giving kick out eight hundred thousand for three years sounds like the perfect cherry topper.
1: Look, it's a uh, it's a lot of unknowns. I think you know the ceiling might be yeah you know, where the times ended up this year, you know, just outside the eight, but the floor is probably, you know, back-to-back with the
0: spoons. It's crazy. And again, like, I'm happy to be proven wrong if the Bulldog come in and absolutely just wreck the comp next year and Burden wins the Dally m and Adokar's the top try scorer. You know, 30th of November, I'll come back to this episode and I'll eat it. But, man, I just want I want to see it. Because right now the odds for the Bulldogs to make the eight look, you know, way higher than I think they should be um i'm just you know i'm just thinking of all these things and if there's one thing that you know you watch the nrl players at certain clubs their their spots don't change you know pen guys not all of a sudden going to be a saint on the field you know paul moore's not going to do something silly off the field uh kick is not going to go missing for half a season once you once you've been in the league for a while you are who you are so it's gonna be a fascinating experience it's probably if I had to pick a team next year just to watch every single game, if it wasn't Parramatta, just to for a viewing experience, it'd probably be the Bulldog, Just so I can watch it and see how wrong am I or how right am I? Because there's no in between here. I don't. I actually don't see them coming eighth and on. I can see this team third on the ladder, or I can see it thirteenth on the ladder. I don't see a middle ground for them. It's like it's well, either I going to go really. It, good those or are good my good two game. options. Yeah, it's going to go really good. <laughs> I know good if those
1: are my two options. I'm going to go with the
0: last of that. But uh, yeah, we'll move on. Yeah, we'll move on, mate. We've got one more here. It's unconfirmed, so it's but it needs to be spoken about. It's the Brandon Cheese situation. Uh, the, the Cheese, Brandon Smith, uh, went on all podcast um, and basically said, I want to win a premiership in that jersey. And that jersey <laughs> you're referring to was the Roosters, the Sydney Roosters. Again, the sombrero jokes came out, but people fail to forget Cordner off contract, Friend off contract, the Morris boys off contract, Isaac Leo off contract, Madu Cavallo off contract, so much money off the cap. And why, and from a year where you saw Sam Verrill wasn't the answer, on a year where you saw uh, Ben Marshke wasn't the answer, why wouldn't you just throw the world at Brendan Smith like they have? And from the sounds of it, it looks like it's going to be done. And what a signing nom. Did you? Was there any any thought to you last year watching the Roosters and the Storm last year that you could see Brandon Smith burrowing his way in for a try at dummy I mean, half wearing the Roosters uh, blue, red, and white?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a crazy thought. Um, but yeah, I mean the sombrero. I mean the Roosters they always get to get their players don't There, I heard, jeez, uh, you know, I heard, I heard some some story that you know Brandon Smith he was like golfing or something with. Yeah. Um, Cordner and um, Albo, and you know what? On the other blokes, and then Nick Leiders called apparently just to you know check up on them, just to see how they're going. All the way from LA, and Brandon Smith apparently was just like wowed and like sucked away from you know this whole um, roosters thing with Uncle Nick, and you guys pretty much got bought into the whole rooster system, and um, yeah, away he went.
0: So again, let's take this in stages. So. He's contracted for 22. So he's, he's paying for the storm this year, but now the reports are out. Melbourne are infuriated about the podcast. There's talks they're going to cut ties initially, which if Brandon Smith went on to that podcast to get that done, he did a fantastic job at it because the Roosters have the money in the cap this year to get it done and get it over the line and get him signed in for this year. So that's number one. Number two, the implications now if, I guess let's take it from Supercoach first and then we can go into NRL. If this goes through, all of a sudden, Harry Grant on question number nine at Melbourne, Brandon Smith on question number nine at the Roosters. I'm telling you, Nob, they're both gone within the first 15 picks. But We love our super coach here at the Rewind, and we're going to have a dedicated show every week now. If Brandon Smith has dual position and is playing in that Roosters team as a starting nine, sign me up. If Harry Grant is at the starting nine, and he will be, with no backup on the bench, maybe a Tyson smoothie for 20 minutes, sign me up. This is, from Supercoach, this is gold both ways.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think we've mentioned it, you know, already last season, but, you know, for this 22, 22 season, I want as much stocks, or the next few seasons, really, as much as much stocks in this uh, Rusev side as possible, because, you know, Tedesco, I think, you know, I think he ended up averaging what, like, 80 or 90. and I thought that was a down year for him. Yeah. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy to see, you know, with a fully fit Kiri with Sam Walker, um, you know, what this rooster system will we'll be fully fit.
0: So let, let's go on to the NRL side now, because now if that signing goes through, there's a real heavyweight favorite. Now just look at that. Look at the spine Tedesco Kiri Walker cheese supporting cast. Joey Manu, Takiaho, Lindsey Collins coming off an injury, Connor Watson. This this team all of a sudden is scary. And scary how the, the Melbourne Storm has been. And Melbourne's still going to be there, don't get me wrong. The Panthers will be there to retain the title. But all of a sudden now, this team is... The, the, if you put Brandon... Brandon Smith was the best nine last year. If you just slot him in with Walker, a full preseason under the belt. Maybe a bit of muscle on him, second year in the league. He was doing it last year with uh, Hutchison, who's a good, good a good first grader, but he's no Luke Keery, who is one of the premier playmakers in the comp, who had concussion issues and was out for a whole season, gave his body a rest for a whole season. You know, he was probably sitting in the box with Trent Robertson learning the game from the other side of the whiteboard. So now he's going to bring something fresh in. James Tedesco, all this talk about Turbo is the best player in the comp, and who's going to be the Australia fullback? I guarantee you, like, don't worry about those pictures of Teddy in a shirt the other day looking unflattering. Tedesco is gonna, Tedesco is gonna carve it up this year. If you want to put an early Daly pick on this year, you put it on James Tedesco because to me, this Rooster side has no weaknesses. Outside backs, yes, a little bit, little bit of depth issues, but you know what? Like they did last year, they made it up, and you know what? Paul is a beautiful signing. He's on slot right in that center spot, and that's a nice... Joey Manu and Pumorovsky is a center combo. Don't mind that at all, because don't forget, Josh Morris was on his last legs last year. j did hardly anything. Yeah, B-Moz tore out for the first 10 rounds, tore his ACL, retired. He wasn't there for half the season. Madu Kovalu, good first grader. Can it be your 25 weeks? Roosters didn't think, so Roosters let him go. What's my rule, Nom? If a good team lets you go, there's a reason. These are all... All these things just wrap up in one beautiful bow. That is, if this team is on and fit, and fit is a major one. But if they are, who's beating them next year? Because it's just the talent is going to be too much, and you know there's going to be some fantastic, fantastic games next year. And I'm going to, like you said, on our draft, there's going to be a <laughs> lot of roosters players drafted early, and I will tell you why because you are me going to take them. You know, I'm if pick like I did with the Panthers. Pick number one. I don't care what Tedesco did last, uh, Turbo did last year. I'm um, James Tedesco is the number one pick in fantasy every year until he's not Mr. Reliable, always there. Mr. Fitness, he's gonna be there. So, I'm just if this goes through, and again, it hasn't gone through yet on the next episode by the time we recall that in a couple of days, that will probably be there and be announced. And we'll be able to have a once we know contract details and is he. Early release, all these things, we can talk about that and do it and do a whole episode on that because then I'll that will tie into a, is the Roosters just odds on favor for the comp? Because to me, that's the last piece here. If that's the case, then we're, we're cooking now.
1: Yeah, look, I think you, it's going to be a tight one who, you know, who's premiership favorites because, you know, I could easily toss a coin between them, Panthers, and even the Storm, really. Could be, yeah, I think those are the big three to be.
0: And which is really good for us, right, as the as NRL fans. We get to now watch this season knowing that there are just absolutely three genuine heavyweights. And there's, you know, the last couple of years, it's kind of felt walking into a season. Okay, Melbourne's going to kind of – who's going to step up to Melbourne? Whereas now it's going to be, wow, these three. And there's always that one team that surprises you. You know, do the, the, the Raiders bounce back this year? The Rabbits. Hey, the Rabbits made the grand final last year. The Rabbits going to be heard from. This looks to be a fascinating season. And, mate, this all these times have been the last 14 days. So we're officially out of the off-season, in my opinion. This is basically – we're in pre-season now, and we're we're going now. So, Nom, it was very nice of you to come on, mate. We're going to be on. You, me, Chris, all the boys, whoever wants to come on. We're going to be throughout, throughout the pre-season here. We've got a lot of Supercoach content. I've got a special uh, little bonus Supercoach pod with you coming up soon. You don't know the topic yet, but uh, it's going to lead right into our – 2022 Supercoach preview. And again, this year on the rewind, we kind of dabbled in a bit of Supercoach and we spoke about it every now and again in podcasts. We're have our own dedicated once a week show on Supercoach. So that's going to be coming in. This one with norm is going to be a little bit of a tease and some of the rules and things going in place. So, Nom, thank you for coming on, mate, as always.
1: Oh, good, mate. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention a really big one with Dane Gay Guy going tonight, but, uh It's all right. I'm sure you have that for the next podcast.
0: Look. As, as the Newcastle fan you are, uh, I sent you that picture of gay guy in the Knights jersey with just the, the comment, yuck. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about gags in. If you think he's a top three pick in Supercoach this year, by all means, grab him. I'm, I'm happy for you to take that take that player off the board if you think he's going to go that good. But, yeah, danger, get, danger dang, dang gay guy. Well, well done, mate. Well done. Your recruitment is firing this season.
1: Look, honestly, we'll take it. I mean, you know, it's either him or Kurt Mann, and I know who I'd be taking.
0: <laughs> you know what? That's a very good note to wrap it on. Thanks for coming on, mate.
1: Oh, good. Always a pleasure.
0: And thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, uh, we'll be here all the way through the season now. We're, we're back. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. Hear from you soon. Cheers. Bye.